2: Invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective Sherlock Holmes. Well, here's the patio of Dr. Watson's Northern California bungalow, but where's the doctor? Yeah, Mr. Bartell, out here in the garden. Okay, I'll be right there. Oh, sitting by a fish pond, huh, Doctor? Yes, my boy. It's all the present out here for a change. Has it ever occurred to you how stupid the expression of a goldfish is, Mr. Well, <laughs> I can't say I've ever given it much thought, Doctor. Why? Well, look at this foolish little fellow here. With his silly little mouth opening and closing as though he were being constantly astonished. <laughs> what is this? I thought you were a fish lover. Yes, I am. But as I was brooding over tonight's story, that little goldfish seemed to be making faces at me as though it was trying to remind me of how my face must have looked on a certain June evening in 1890. It sounds to be as if you're going to tell a story against yourself, Doctor. I am, young fellow, my lad. What happened? One Sunday morning in 1890, I dropped round to visit my friend in Baker Street. Mrs. Hudson told me that he was out, but suggested that I wait in our old rooms for his return, and promised me a pot of strong tea and some buttered scones as an inducement. As I walked into the sitting room, I was astonished to see Holmes, standing there, a bag in one hand, Let's go. The other. What's my dear How are you? Hello, oh, no, I'm fine, Holmes. I'm surprised to see you, though. Mrs. Hudson told me that you were out. Right. I have been, Watson. I came. Just turned by my private entrance for some, uh, some. Necessary apparatus. Oh, can I come with you? My wife's away now, and uh, my practice is quite slack at the moment. Not even my trusty old friend Watson can accompany me on this case. Oh, it's business, old fellow. fate of two nations hangs in the balance. I must work alone. Sorry to leave you like this. Goodbye. Oh, uh, well, Missus Hudson's making me some tea and some battered scones. Can't you wait and share them with me? Ah, good old Watson. You're the one fixed point in a changing age. Empires may be tottering. You talk of few and buttered guns. Oh, I'm sorry about you. Going home. Goodbye, old man. Uh, uh, don't look this, then, old fellow. Uh-huh. When the time comes, I'll tell you all about the case, and you can write it up in your memoirs. Goodbye. But it's gone. I haven't got any, any appetite for it, no? <laughs> I'm afraid well, my appetite disappeared when Mister Holmes left. He did did it? I seen you've eaten them all just the same. Well, uh, I've got don't, I don't, I don't. I a surprise for you, Doctor <coughs> Inspector Lestrade is downstairs. He came to see Mister Holmes, mm. but when I told him he was out, the Inspector said he'd like to see you. Oh, he did. Will it him to come up, will you please, Mrs. Hudson? I sir.
3: Will you come up, please, Inspector? Uh, thank you,
2: Mister can I going me up a few more scones, Doc. No, 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 thank you. I uh, really couldn't eat them. Either. I'll go and make some more just the same. You'll eat them as I think. No, 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 no really. No, no, I won't take it. Ah, uh, oh, there you are, the sir. Uh, Dr. Watson, here's a pretty kettle of fish and no mistake. Well, what's the trouble? I want Mr. Holmes' help on a most important case. Uh, where's he gone? He's out on a very, um matter. Well, you know where he is, Doctor. Yeah, naturally, I know where he is, Lestrade. My old friend never keeps me in the dark, but I'm not at liberty to tell you. Perhaps I can help you a bit. After all, I'm not exactly unfamiliar with my friend's methods. It's true, but uh, just the same. <laughs> oh, well, Doctor, two heads are always better than one. Even if one is a sheep's head, as my old mother used to say. Are you suggesting that I'm a sheep's head? No, I'm not suggesting anything, Doctor. I'm just telling you what my old mother used to say. I'm really not interested in what your old mother used to say. And uh, now, Lestrade, you're a problem, please. It's simple enough, Doctor. A German diplomat, Graf Otto von Eldenstein, his name is, is in England on a very secret mission. Uh, Graf Otto von Heldenstein. I've heard of him. I continue. Well, this found Eldenstein staying at the manor house at Anton Wick, not far out of London. This morning, somebody slipped past his guards and threw a bomb into his study. The secretary was killed, and he would have been too, if it hadn't been that he'd left the room a few minutes earlier. Well, these second hand investigations are a little useful, sir. We I mean, were supposed to go down to the manor house at Hampton Wick and examine the situation on the spot. Uh, get out the timetable and look up the next train, will you? Oh, sir. And while you're doing that, I'll go and tell Mrs. Hudson where I'm going. Well, right you are, Doctor. Scones, Doctor. I was just bringing them up to you. Scones? Who can think of scones when an empire is talking? Are oh, you sure you're feeling quite well, Doctor? Of course I am. Now, listen, Mrs. Hudson. If Mr. Holmes should return, please tell him that I've gone to Hampton Wick with Inspector Lestrade to investigate the von Heldenstein's business. The von Heldenstein business? Ah, Doctor, i tell him that. Uh, Mr. Holmes didn't tell uh, you uh,
3: going, did he? No, Doctor, he didn't.
2: I see. Well, well, thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Thank you.
3: Are you sure you don't want the
2: scones, doctor? Uh, well, 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 we just will take them. Uh, I guess only strong could eat them. Ah, uh, yes, the one doctor. I <laughs> suppose <laughs> oh, this is rather exciting. It's the same. I wish I knew what Holmes was doing at this
3: moment.
2: You are Herr Sherlock Holmes? Yes, I presume Graf Otto von Hildenstein is expecting me. Yeah, Herr Holmes. He was so anxious that you would come here to the manor house. I let him into the after I got his summons. He's very weak. He has lost much blood. From the injuries he received this morning. Injuries that no one knows about, eh? Now, I'm Herr Holmes. Only I, his old and faithful servant, knows. Uh, follow me, please. I will take you to him. Franz? Is that you, Franz? Ja, yeah, Herr Graf. And with me is Herr Sherlock Holmes. Ah, uh, thank heaven you are here, Holmes. I hope I can be of service to you, sir. Uh, you can. You can be of great service. Sit close to my bed, Holmes. I have not much strength to speak. I'm listening, Herr Graf. You... You must impersonate me. Uh, so I gathered when I received your message. I... I am in England on a most delicate and important mission for the German government. Within in a few weeks. Your government... And mine will conclude a treaty outlining the German and British spheres of interest in Africa. I see. Obviously, that bomb was thrown this morning by someone who does not wish to see the treaty be concluded. Yeah, exactly, Herr Holmes. That is why you must impersonate me. In twenty-four hours' time, I should be well enough to resume my work. Uh, in the meanwhile. You can keep the secret of my injuries and also have the opportunity of finding the assassin. I am quite prepared to take the impersonation, sir, but um, how can I possibly hope to deceive the members of your personal staff? Uh, with the exception of Franz here, and poor Freulein Oldmeier, who was killed in the explosion that injured me, uh, my staff is new. Uh, they have joined me here from the mm-hmm. German consulate in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will believe that you are me. Very well, sir. I'll try mm-hmm. <laughs> I have heard of your skill in the art of disguises. And also, it seems to me we uh, are not so unlike each other. I was about to comment on that fact myself, sir. Yes, I think that a mustache and side whiskers will work wonders if I can make the accent reasonably convincing. I... I will coach you, my friend. Splendid. Help me off with my coat, will you, Franz? Give me some towels in the mirror. You yeah, well, Herr Horace. And while I'm applying my makeup, um, Herr Graf, perhaps you will be so good as to give me the complete circumstances regarding this morning's attempt on your life. If I am to impersonate you successfully, I must have all the facts at my fingertips. Mm. It is amazing, Herr Holmes. Even I can hardly tell you from my master's. Yes, I'll get the wig that puts the finishing touch to my disguise. I have to look to you, Herr Graf. Ah, colossal. I feel as if I were looking into a mirror. <laughs> and my accent, you uh, find it reasonably convincing? Oh, sure, yeah, extremely so. Uh, try it once again, Herr Holmes. Yeah, Herr Graf. It gives me the greatest pleasure to do what you ask of me. <laughs> <laughs> Splendid, Herr Holmes. Splendid. A cab has thrown up at the gate. Two men are getting out. You can see them from the window here. Oh, please, possibly, off. Quick, Scott. It's what? The Yard. Friends of yours, here, Holmes? Uh, one of them is a, a close friend of mine. In fact, he's my colleague. The other is a Detective Inspector from Scotland Yard. Uh, you must keep up the deception, even with your friends. As a matter of fact, my friend's investigations will prove an excellent mark for my own search for the assassin. But this is a delicious situation. Ah. I hope they won't recognize me. I am Garth Otto von Hildenstein, gentlemen. Do you wish to see me? Uh, how do you do, sir? My name is Watson. Dr. Watson, and this is Inspector mm-hmm. O'Scar of Scotland Yard. Oh, how do you do, sir? Inspector. Dr. Watson. May I ask if I have the great distinction of addressing the Dr. Watson, friend of Sherlock Holmes? Oh, I That is what you know, me, Herr Garth. <laughs> But who does not know of the great Dr. Watson? In my country, many people think that you are the real brains of the combination. Tell me, Herr Doctor, is that true? <laughs> I, I wouldn't exactly say that, sir. Well, course, well. you are. You have both come here to investigate. But of course, this morning... Yes, yes we have, sir. Listen to the cab sit down, please. Uh, if you can find any furniture, that is unbroken. Oh, well, thank you, Thank you. I must say the place is a bit of a mess. And, and now, now, Herr Graf, please tell us exactly what happened. Yeah, I will tell you everything, Herr Doctor. This morning, I was working in here with my secretary, poor Fräulein Ulmer. I had occasion to go upstairs to my room to get some necessary papers. As I came down the staircase to return here, I hear a scream from Fräulein Ulmer. Moments later, there was a most frightful explosion. The concussion stunned me. When I came to, my poor secretary was dead. Uh, uh, what people were inside the house at the time of the explosion, the servants were all out of church. The only people here were my secretary, who was killed, my servant, Franz. I can vouch for him because he was upstairs when I went for my documents. There were three other people in the house, however. Madame Lisa Barona, my hostess and uh, the owner of this house. Young Englishman from the home office. His name is uh, Hilary Adams. The third person in the house was a member of the German Embassy. Colonel Schweiger. Then it's uh, just a matter of, course, questioning the three of them as to their alibis at the time of the, of the explosion. I'll take one of them at a time, Mr. Ard. Ring for that servant oh, fellow... What, what was his name? A Franz Care Is right, uh, a Franz? It is a rare privilege to watch the master detective at work. Yes. Sir, uh, I shouldn't be surprised if my methods teach you quite a bit about the uh, art of detection. Dr. Yeah, Watson. This is Colonel Schweiger of the German Embassy. Where were you, Colonel Schweiger, when the explosion occurred this morning? Uh, I was discussing the military tactics of Klausitz with one of the guards near the front gate. Uh, what was the name of the guard, sir? Carter. Uh, Mr. Arthur Carter. Uh, I'll check on that. Uh, thank you. Uh, Colonel Schweiger, uh, please, um, please ask Madam Lisa Verona to come in. Crest. Crest. nothing but Crest. Leave me alone. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, madam. All I want to know is where were you when the explosion occurred this morning? Where was I? In our boudoir, listening to the stupid babblings of the young Englishman, Hillary Adams. Sir Graf, when I offered you my house, I did not know that I would have to put up with it, with the love making of your start Everywhere, you telling No, 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 no. Don't you get so excited, madam. Quit, quit. Stupid young English puppies making carp eyes at me. My beautiful
1: house. Mr. Adams, uh, where were you
2: when the explosion occurred? In Madame Verona's suite. Oh, you swear to that? Of course I do. You may ask her. I've already done so. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Thank you. That's all. That's all you may go. Well, Todd, did you check on Colonel Stryker's alibi? Uh, Yes, I did. You were telling the truth. He was talking to the colonel when the explosion happened. He yeah, asked me, Herr Doctor. Your examination has not been very successful, has it? Everyone one has an alibi. Yes, but the alibis in Madame Morona and the young Englishman as in the Adams depend on each other's words. They might be lying. You've been dealing with criminals as long as I have, Herr Graf. You learn to look far deeper than the obvious. Yes, the and I, I shall return to London now and make some inquiries. You'll hear from me, sir, before the day is over. Ah. Hmm. Well, I'm much obliged to you, doctor, for a very nice meal.
0: Although
2: we've been talking in circles. Well, started, to start. Anyway, I've come to one important decision. Oh, what's that, Doctor? Madame Verona is addicted to the use of drugs. The pupils of her eyes are contracted to pinpoint. It's an invariable indication of drug addiction. Bastard, you go to Stockton Yard and see what you can find out about her, and I'll go back to my house. You can meet me there later. Hello. Them, <coughs> I know, too. It sounds to you, see? A, thing. a bed. Oh, better. Hello? Who's here from the drawing room? Who is it? <coughs> I thought oh, Where you never come. Holmes! Where does you swing from? Never mind that, old chap. i come to warn you. Keep out of the von Helstenstein business if you value your life. Well, How did you know that I was working on it? I can't tell you now, but I implore you. Keep out of it. There are dangerous horses at work. Horses that would snuff out your life without a thought. Please believe me and do as I should Quick, Watson, under the dining room table! Well, what welcome! The... Come on! the rest of Dr. Watson's story in just a few seconds. All the time I need to remind you that what with this being National Wine Week, if you want to take a gift to a young lady, why not take her a bottle of Petri California Muscatel? Petri Muscatel is the kind of wine you'd serve a queen. That Petri Muscatel has the flavor of plump, sun-ripened mustard grapes. And it's it ever good. You couldn't ask for a more delicious after-dinner wine or a more delicious wine to serve when company comes. Remember, it's Muscatel. But the important thing is, it's Petri. Petri Muscatel. <laughs> and now back to Dr. Watson in tonight's adventure, The Manor House Case. Well, that was a fine place to break off your story, Doctor. I must say. Well, still, I... I oh, thought I'd keep you in as much suspense as possible. Well, what happened next? Were you and Holmes injured when that bomb exploded? No, my boy. The concussion of the explosion knocked me out When I came to Holmes, had disappeared. I can imagine where he'd gone. Go on, Doctor. Soon after that, the star arrived on the scene, and after a quick and fruitless examination of the premises, he decided to return once more to the manor house. And so an hour later... I was telling my story to the man I still thought to be Graf Otto on television. Why, right, up, doctor, the oh, my! might easily have killed you. Oh, I was ready for a try. quick thinking and presence of mind of my stock in trade, you know. When I heard the crash of the glass, I flung myself under the dining room table. Oh, the fact that you yourself could be exposed to such a I'm not at all, Herr not at all. As a matter of fact, I exposed myself to it, an old army trick, you know, what we call drawing the enemy's power. Come now, doctor, you don't mean to tell us that you expected to have that bomb chucked through the window, do you? Of no, course so I did, sir. Of course I did. The assassin knew that I was working on the case. He followed me to London and fell into my trap. Just as I intended him to, by throwing his hands. Well, I don't see what he got you, doctor. I, I must admit, I cannot see that you are any nearer to finding murder. um, the murderer. The case is resolved. Really <laughs> Don't see how you figure that one out, Doctor. Elementary, my dear Lestrade. Elementary, one of the three people under suspicion followed me to my house tonight. The second bomb was thrown at approximately 7 o'clock. Now it's only a question of finding out which one of the three cannot account for his movements at that time. Then we'll know the murderer. You want to cross-examine them again, Doctor? Yes, stars. Bring them in, please. One at a time. Colonel where were you at 7 o'clock tonight? Discussing the military tactics of Clausewitz with Mr. Carper of the Home Office Guard. Oh, this. You're doing it at 11 o'clock this morning, too. It will take many days of discussions for two students to appreciate all the subtleties of Clausewitz. Yeah, I'll check on that again, Doctor. Thanks, Mr. And please ask Madame Verona to come in. Questions, questions, and more questions. Sir, <laughs> what I you asked I was listening to more bubbling from that stupid young Englishman. Thank you for yourself. Mr. Adams, where were you at 7 tonight? With Madame Verona in a good There is a curious thing about the pattern of life in this house. You say not, Doctor? Yeah, I think on Colonel Spiger's statement, if it's true. He was talking in the at 7 o'clock, all right. Uh, could the other uh, two account for themselves, here, Doctor? Well, once again the alibi for each other. but this time I begin to doubt. do why can you say that here, Doctor? I would accept Madame Verona's alibi for young Adam. Obviously she loathes the boy and wouldn't pose herself for him. On the he, on the other hand, he worships her. And well, I'm certain that he wouldn't have any scruples about lying to provide an alibi for her. Well, you've got a point there, Doctor. Yes, I regard her with great suspicion. Yes, yes, to come in. Uh, yes, Miss Adams? Dr. Watson, i would been worried about Madame Verona. I was afraid you wouldn't believe my alibi for her. Indeed? I have another, uh, an unbiased witness who can testify that Madame Verona was in this house at seven tonight. Come in, France. You have always made it there, France, did you see Madame Verona at seven tonight? Yeah. I take her up two glasses of sherry. It was a few minutes before seven. Thank you, France. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Adams. I appreciate your concern. You may go. To me, we're still traveling in circles, doctor. On the country of the stars, the case is solved. to punish me, huh, doctor? Who is with the guilty party? You'll do it in a minute, sir. The stars bring the suspects in here, please. When they're assembled, I shall give you the solution to the mystery. Let's go, to them, the mystery is solved. I must apologize for any of the inconveniences that you have undergone. You, Madame Moroni, and you, Colonel Schweiger, you, Miss Adams, have all unshakable alibis. Therefore, the solution is obvious. As, uh, my dear friend Sherlock Holmes has often said eliminate the impossible, and whatever remains, no matter how improbable, is the truth. Therefore, the only person that could have thrown both bombs is you yourself. That's Otto von Hendelstein. Oh, <laughs> I, George, I believe you're right. What did you want to save yourself, sir? That I too heard Dr. Heaven and unshakable alibi. Oh, and what is it? I thought it you too heard Dr. when the second bomb was born tonight. What on earth are you talking about, sir? I'm alone. Oh, come now, Othello. that's not true. <laughs> well, oh, well, how, how could you? Mr. Holmes! What? Me oh, don't be angry with me, old chap. <coughs> well, you're, 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 you're a well, I'm not a soul. All right, but you've got a position of the case, and you've got to be a friend. That's what I have. Well, yeah, it's then. Mind will see me up to the last yeah. yes. minute. You're not for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to handle very well. You've uh, only one mistake. May I advise the victim of mine, which you just quoted? You eliminate the possible, and then, if nothing remains, some part of the impossible must be possible. Colonel Schweiger's alibi is valid. There was Madame Barona since it was corroborated by the press of the front. But what does your alibi respond, Mr. Adams? Madame Barona has told you I was here. Yes, but Madame Barona is addicted to the use of drugs. I'm sure that you spotted that backwater. Yes, I did. Your mistake was in not drawing the correct conclusion. Mr. Adams' alibi depends on the unsupported word of a drug addict. Now, the use of Frank notoriously destroys football since time. Any trick such as the resetting of clocks could be worked on her without noticing. Their word on the time alibi is completely valuable. Then Adams is the man who... Medjah. Why don't you... That's right, guitar, that's right. Don't let him get away. He's a murderer and a traitor. <laughs> Oh, well, now as I are back in Baker Street last I may as well tell you that I had my suspicions of Adams from the first. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why? Well, my brother, Mycroft, had told me that he was suspected of being a traitor at heart. He's been under observation for some years. He was purposely given this assignment as a definite test of his integrity. Oh, well, I understand it all now, Holmes. Just to say, my... Make an act of myself in front of the crowd. Don't worry about it, old man. You can always correct the impression. Yours will be the last word. Oh, I understand. Well, when you come to write this story in your memoirs, my dear fellow, you can always do a little, uh, what you say, uh, re editing of your own part? Posterity need never know. know, know. That, that was really a swell story. Oh, and you like it. it? Sort of made me out to be a bit of a fool, huh? Oh, nothing of the kind, Doctor. I agree with Holmes. You did a splendid job. After all, you did line up the suspects for him, didn't you? I, right? I did, come to think of it. I did, didn't I? And you did make the point that Madame Verona was a drug addict. Yes, so I did. And you did say that Mr. Adams' alibi could be a lie. Oh, sure, sure, You're right. I did. I did, did solve that case for Holmes after all. Mr. Bartels, he would never tell you the truth. You're a very smart young fellow. I wish you and I could work together on a a case together. Well, we can, starting tonight. No, really? Sure. In celebration of National Wine Week, I brought you a case of Petri wine. Mm -hmm. And I suggest that we start on it right now with a glass of port. (laughs) What a fellow. And what a wine. Petri wine. you know, that's really good because the Petri family has been making fine wine since the 1800s. For generations. Ever since they started the Petri business, the Petri family has been turning luscious California grapes into fragrant, delicious wine. And during all that time, they've been handing on down from father to son, from father to son, all their skill and knowledge and experience. The Petri wine you buy today is the result of all that skill and knowledge and experience. That's why you can't go wrong when you choose a Petri wine, because Petri took time to bring you good wine. And now, Dr. Watson, what's the prescription for next week? Well, now, next week, Mr. Bartell, I think I can promise you a most entertaining adventure. It concerns a famous magician, a female spy of unusual beauty, and a man even more brilliant than Holmes himself. His older brother, Michael. Sounds terrific, Doctor. And before we say goodnight to our friends, I want to remind them that our men overseas need the Merchant Marine to bring them back home. The Merchant Marine got them there, and it'll bring them back if you help. Right now, the Merchant Marine needs experienced mates, engineers, ABs, firemen, oil and water tenders, and chief cooks. If you qualify, write or wire collect at once to Merchant Marine, Washington 25, D.C. Bring the boys home. The Lord Sherlock Holmes' adventure is written by Dennis Green and Anthony Barcher and was suggested by an incident in Mr. Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Greek Interpreter. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of metro Metroville Mayor, and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, whether in our starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. The Petrol Wine Company of San Francisco, California... Invite you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. This is Harry Bartell saying night for the Petri family. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of a Strangers, starring Paul Muscal and Andrew Scott.